What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Madison Campbell, who's the co-founder of Lita Health. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Great. How are you doing? Are you ready for 2020 to be over? I am. Yes, I am. And it's it's crazy to think that just in a few weeks, like it will be like the, the year, although it was, you know, pretty, you know, insane, it flew by. Hopefully next year will be way better. Um, you know, and you know, hopefully next year you make a lot of progress on Lita. And for people that don't know what Lita Health is, um, I'd love to hear kind of what are you working on and, and kind of what, what is Lita Health? So um, we're a little bit of a controversial company, but what we're doing is creating the first ever at-home rape kit. So sexual assault survivors don't have to go to the hospital if they don't feel um, like they have the ability to. Really offering, you know, the survivor the opportunity and the, you know, empowerment to collect evidence within the comfort of their own home takes 15 minutes. And then also provide them with a slew of other services, whether it's mental health support, community or medical support, you know, throughout their journey of um, being a survivor. So can you um, kind of kind of walk me through, let's say someone is listening to the podcast and they're and they're they align or something that, like they could use or maybe they know someone that potentially uses what can you kind of walk me through like the quote unquote, like UX, like what is yeah. the product? What's the what can they do with it? Things like that for people that might, you know, it might be uh, very useful for them. Yeah. So after a sexual assault, usually um, what you have to do is go to a hospital to get a rape kit done. You know, the majority of folks don't feel comfortable going to a hospital or even leaving their house. So what we'll be doing both from a B2B to C and um, direct to consumer lens is selling an at-home kit, very similar to 23andMe, allows you to collect evidence um, orally, uh, vaginally, penally, as well as an anal swab in the underwear you were wearing. Um, You can package that up in 15 minutes, send to a lab and actually get the results back to eventually utilize um, in a court of law, whether it's civil or criminal, if you would like to pursue justice. And I'm kind of curious for for this, you know, this is obviously a a massive problem. And when did you kind of decide you wanted to tackle it with Lita Health? Or I guess in other words, what's the origin of the story here and why did you decide to build a company out of it? Yeah, I myself am a sexual assault survivor. I chose not to report my sexual assault, you know, for a multitude of different reasons, being incredibly scared of, you know, actually going through the process and didn't want anyone to, you know, touch me, poke, prod, anything like that. The only thing I had the capability of doing was actually going to um, a pharmacy and buying like black hair dye and I dyed my blonde hair black. And so, you know, I think about the moment where I could at least pick myself up and go to a pharmacy and then thinking about our product, you know, being there, um, you know, kind of in the aisle of, you know, sexual wellness and health. 
um, and actually, you know, giving me the opportunity to do something about it when I did not feel the opportunity, you know, to really go to um, a hospital. And as you're working on this, um, I'm kind of curious, what's your, like, what's your day to day? Like, are you, are you, you know, spreading the word? Are you um, kind of ultimately letting people know you exist? So they know that you're an option? Are you, you know, fundraising, shipping code, if there's a technological part of it? Like, what, what's an average day like for you? So as CEO, I, I do two things. One, I either sell stock or sell product. So I'm, um, you know, constantly either fundraising or selling the product or trying to get, you know, business development opportunities. Um, you know, my co-founder is kind of doing a lot of the product-based stuff, uh, a lot of the technology. We've actually built a backend um, using blockchain, Ethereum, to create an immutable timestamp and record um, for each of the collection, um, you know, kind of opportunities. So, you know, creating that, shipping out new technology is her domain. And then my domain is to be on Twitter, basically. <laughs> so actually so because um for people on you know for people listening that are that are on twitter by the time you're listening to this it would have been a few weeks ago but like you know i announced on twitter a few weeks ago that you know the podcast will soon come to a close but like why did i do it on twitter right why didn't i do it on login and why did you just say twitter right there's something about twitter which i think is really interesting i want pe- to make sure people know why are you on twitter isn't it just a social network that's you know you know what's 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 going on with twitter that makes you want to spend time on it yeah, so I used to not be on Twitter until maybe like two or three months ago. And my co-founder, who was like, you know, um, more technologically savvy than I am, said, hey, Madison, like you're snarky and, you know, you have a dry sense of humor. You should probably spend that on Twitter instead of, you know, in Slack to me. Um, and so I've been I've been working there and I've actually found a lot of investors off of Twitter, a lot of business development partners. Now, you know. It is so amazing what Twitter has been able to give me in terms of like business relationships where I used to make fun of it. To be honest, I really did make fun of it, did not see the use of it. I saw it as like a time suck where I could be actually working, Um, but realized that I used to spend like a lot of time on like LinkedIn with like really no great success either. And so, you know, it's, it's switching one for another. I, I like to say that Twitter is is the is the new LinkedIn that without you know without anyone really realizing it yet because um, yeah I I made so many relationships off of, off of Twitter and, and it's great um um so if you were to kind of like look at what you're doing now and zoom out five years ten years fifteen years what do you kind of see uh, for for Lita Health then or I guess in other words what's the big yeah. vision here and what direction you're rowing in with the company So I think horizontal integration is very easy for us right being able to offer everything in the sexual assault life cycle whether it's the testing in the first 24 hours to STD prevention to mental health care to community right that horizontal integration on the sexual assault industry is very easy where I'm very interested in is the vertical integration, actually purchasing a lab, um, running a database, you know, of, of all the information that we're gathering, as well as, you know, kind of completely revolutionizing um, the criminal justice system as we know it. I mean, I think a lot of the news recently has been about defund the police, right? And a lot of folks have been like, okay, well, we're defunding the police, but what are we doing? And, you know, for me, I viewed the criminal justice system as like a hose with a lot of holes in it, right? And when you get a hole in a hose, you get, you know, duct tape and you put duct tape and you hope that it, you know, no water spurts out. I think that's the criminal justice system as we know it um, and the police to an extent. 
And so instead, in my opinion of, you know, continuously putting tape on the hose, I want to replace the hose. Um, and that means, you know, being able to privatize this entire industry, being able to do community activism, transformative justice, which, you know, no privatized company is even thinking about, like, what do we do with this big momentum of replacing, you know, the systems that be, and, and I really see it as us. And then one more question before we're going to go to how, how the community can help. Um, you mentioned that you're using, um, like, blockchain technology, which I think is rad. Can you just kind of, like... Um, blockchain is one of these things where I know the concept, I understand, but like, I don't understand kind of how it works in a lot of its applications. Do you mind sharing just like one or two even basic things about like how you're using blockchain? Because um, I think that, uh, I, I think listeners might appreciate it because a lot of people don't really know, you know, applications for it, and even though there's, you know, several. So chain of custody was hypothesized in blockchain technology. I, I mean, a good probably five or six years ago in terms of transporting luxury goods, right? So you are Gucci, right? You have a luxury good um, from a manufacturer in China. Who's to say that the, you know, the good when it finally gets to America is actually the luxury good that was created, right? Maybe it was switched, you know, for fake. And so blockchain has been, you know, utilizing kind of luxury goods, pharmaceuticals to an extent. And so we take, we, we took the same idea and applied it to forensics. There's a very, um, you know, a question that keeps coming up over and over again is around chain of custody. You know, chain of custody in America was created for the government to behave, right? And, and right now we know for a fact government doesn't always behave. They lose things. They don't know where it is. You know, tracking is off. And so why we're using chain of um, custody through blockchain is actually to create records that can't be changed or altered, you know, not even by a system that we, you know, think that we trust. And so the way that we're doing it, uh, you know, to start with is in a very basic way. Um, so each individual, when they're using the software that goes alongside our kit, they're taking a photo, scanning the barcode on the swap. That then starts an internal timer. So it's timestamping and all those timestamps are held on the blockchain. Eventually we'll be using it for identification purposes as well. And then broadening the use, you know, to the entire system. That's pretty rad. I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, in order to, to grow the company, make your, make your vision happen and solve, you know, a massive problem. Um, you're going to need some help, right? Like it, it takes a village to make a startup work. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you um, looking for capital, looking for, you know, anything, any partnerships? How can we help? Um, always looking for B2B um, uh, partnerships. So whether corporations kind of want to offer these services to um, their employees, universities, or anything that you can think of in the medical field um, from a hiring perspective, always really love to talk to growth marketers. Um, I think they're really great as well as looking for our first, you know, full-time hire um, from a B2B standpoint. So being able to actually deal with like sales cycles of universities, corporations, and somebody who truly does have a passion for social impact. Um, and then, you know, I think we'll always have our door open and we'll always talk to investors. So any investors, you know, who are interested in the space, you know, interested in kind of, you know, changing the criminal justice landscape or has any intel would be great to connect with. And then for my last question, if someone, you know, wants to connect, wants to learn more, wants to find your website, what's your URL, you know, are you on social or do you have an email? How can someone reach out if they want? Um, please reach out to me, slide into my DMs on Twitter. Um, it's a, a kind of my username is kind of funny in a way. Um, so my name is Madison. And um, a lot of times, 
I think people paint me as the martyr in terms of, you know, talking about this stuff. So my, my username on basically every social is Martyr Dyson, which is Martyr and Madison together. So M-A-R-T-Y-R-D-I-S-O-N. Um, feel free to connect with me, DM me, um, or just Google Madison Campbell and I should come up alongside all the articles on all the controversy I've ever created. So <laughs> easy. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing what you're working on and best of luck building out Lead to Health. Thanks for coming on. Thank you.